Look, bruh, all I'm doing is connecting the dots. A work of art of the highest quality. And what will you do with the big, big, big money? But I guess I'll make a lot of money, so here I am. Connect the dots, be clear. But music was noise, and I thought art was bullshit. I want to be an artist. Oh. Me, I'm not a piece of art! Yes, bravo! If money is all that you love, then that's what you'll receive. It really was. It was a work of art. It's not about money. It's about sending a message. Hey, just look at that sky. It's a work of art. Ha, nature never knew colors like that. A man can be an artist. Anything. Fool. Whatever. It depends on on how good he is at it. Chrissy's art is dead. He's about to paint his masterpiece. It's a work of art. Make that money, get paid. Man, this is gonna be a masterpiece. Father to connect the dots. This is an art gallery, my friend. And this is a piece of art. Simply connecting the dots. Yeah, well, money talks and bullshit walks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's how much you know about art. You can make a lot of money making movies like this. You have to be a bit of a rebel to be an artist of any kind, I believe. You're gonna make a lot of money, pal. Only a highly suspicious, paranoid cynic, or someone like me, with, a, with an eye for clues and patterns, could possibly connect the dots. everyone welcome back to connect the dots i'm your host justin stillmaker that show where we dig into that fun topic of art and money and uh we made it 10 episodes i can't believe i've been doing this for since march um i've been enjoying it every step of the way i hope people have been watching and enjoying it um it really like kind of gives my week or every two weeks a real nice focus and i just want to say thank you to everyone who has watched watched the episode looked at clips online or on youtube i really appreciate it um I, we had to get to 10 because I'm OCD and I needed an even number to stop at. So we're going to be taking a couple months off, probably coming back in November because I'm going to hopefully be making my first feature, which I'm super excited about. Um, but, but then we'll be coming back after that. And I don't know, it's just been really great to kind of like dissect and get into all this. And so I really appreciate anyone who's listened or enjoyed it or gave me feedback. So first up, first topic this week, uh, gotta, I got to talk about Burning Man. Um, Scott, I know you had a great image for this. I was, I was really, yeah. Okay. So what does Burning Man have to do with art and money, our topics? Uh, just about everything. It could like, as I was, I don't know if people watched over the last couple weeks when Burning Man was happening. I know it like wrapped up, I think about a week ago, there was like possible disease outbreaks. So, you know, there's all this rain, everything kind of got like, you know, all these people were stuck there in mud and it was like kind of this awful experience for a lot of people. And there was like all kinds of conspiracies happening online. Like there's going to be an Ebola breakout and, you know, Chris Rock and Diplo had to get a ride on ATV out of there. And, but like Burning Man, I, I feel like I've gotten to really watch this like whole trajectory of it. So like when I was first heard of it, I was like probably in high school they grew up in the Bay Area. I'd heard about this like crazy festival. And it was like, and even in my early 20s, I had always, it would always be the pitch to me as a place where people kind of went and did these kind of crazy artistic float. They made these giant floats. They made these things that they burn. They make these crazy structures. But it really started as like a kind of like a devil's night for artists, like a very just like simple, like go out there. It's just about the art. It's everyone there was sort of like-minded. And it honestly had no big corporate money it was just like this weird thing funded by a couple artists who like had this idea of this pushing the extremes and they kind of went and did it and like that i for years was always like oh i'd like to go to burning man once like it seems like an interesting like anytime where like art has these like hot flashpoints i'm always like curious um 
But then, like, towards the end of college and, like, as I got older, like, I feel like there was this point where, like, Vice got really into Burning Man. And there started to be all these, like, crazy articles. Like, there was all this, like, sex and drugs happening at Burning Man and wild orgies and every drug. They were inventing drugs. They were doing And it's like, I'm sure the drugs were there. I mean, artists are there. We're gonna, If you're in the desert, I'm going to take mushrooms. People are going to take acid. Like, you want to have this, like, experience. But, like, I don't think that was the whole thing. But then media kind of came in and was like, no, it's this crazy thing. It's this these orgies and everyone needs to wear masks. And, they, and like, again, it's getting further from what it started as. And as soon as you start to say crazy sex and like wild um, drug use, then all the boring people have to come because they want to spice it up. So then it becomes this place where like it goes from being this like kind of weird artistic thing to now it's just about sex and drugs, which I like those things. So like, cool, still still interested, but like now it seems like it's being pushed a little hard. And then I just feel like suddenly all these like Bernie, like tech people, again, I, not to always make tech people the villain, but they should stop trying to be the villain in every fucking story. Um, they start coming to Burning Man and then it it just keeps morphing. Every year it's like the worst, like now it's the point, like the, every time it's the worst person I know is at Burning Man. Every person you're like, oh, I would never want to spend more than an hour with this person. They're going to Burning Man. And it's now been completely pulled away from anything artistic. It is now like, I'm sure people have tremendous times and I'm sure there's like merit to it. But to me now it's like a wild party. It's like, it's Burning Man has entered its Coachella era of just like, it's just a thing that rich people want to go do. It's completely devoid of what it originally was. And I don't like, and then to have it, of course, so now Burning Man becomes this place where all these tech libertarian peoples go. And of course, it ends up with everyone covered in shit because no one actually wants to do the disciplined work of planning and like, it should fall to somebody else. And so like, Burning Man like did this whole cycle of art and money to me where it's now back to like, Maybe in a couple of years, everyone won't want to go again and it'll get interesting. But like, it is a classic example of me of them like just sucking the marrow out of like an artistic idea. So a bunch of like billionaires can go like jerk off and do weird stuff. Like they're like, I think it's like now like a Bohemian Grove, like, like burn stuff, be there for two weeks. And like, again, it's if Burning Man to me, and this is unfair, but it feels like a white dude with dreads. It just feels like something, it has nothing interesting to me. It just feels like, appropriation of artist culture and just like now it's just like this thing in the desert that like again Diplo is going to play a set at like how did it go from that and like this is all in like a 30 year span it's not maybe a 40 year I think it started like in probably late mid 80s um but to me I had to talk about the fact that like this became a nightmare because once again the theme of the 10 episodes of the show tech came in <laughs> and tried to ruin art and make it be a part of it and it's just like you know everyone ends up covered in shit um, so yeah, that's like my take on Burning Man of just like, stop, just let, like, I'm, I'm kind of excited that it might go through this like cycle now where people kind of not want to ever do it again. And then like, it'll maybe it'll get back to what it was. And then I'd be interested in going to experience it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'll, <laughs> I was, as it was happening, I was like, damn, I need to do a show this week. I really want to talk about Burning Man. Um, but if someone has gone to Burning Man and I wants to refute, would love to have you on, please let's talk and you can tell me why it's great. But someone I do want to talk to is uh, our guest today, Ani Pandit, my one of my very good friends, uh, and also the first guest on our show that we've ever done. So now, first and ten, hey buddy, hello. Um, do you want to go to Burning Man? Is this are we gonna? I never wanted to, and I want to even less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're someone who goes out in camps and like, like you could see the almost the appeal to you. And you yeah, when you were like, yeah, I no, I, I saw the because I moved to the Bay Area after you had left yeah. to work in tech, and I was yeah. working at Google, so I saw the those guys start to take it over, um, yeah. and kind of that phase of it. So even back then, it was. I was like, I, this does not seem, I don't seem cool enough. For, yeah. What do you think? Like, I mean, cause we've, I, I've done a lot of advertising in tech. You've worked in tech a lot. Like, where does that instinct come from? That's just like, as, we've done, as I've done 10 episodes of the show and I feel like I'm just constantly complaining about I, tech. I think it's get to the desired outcome as quickly, efficiently as possible. Yeah. Because um, you're coding all the time. That's what it is. But then you start living your life experiences that way. And it's like, oh, I don't want to earn my way to Burning Man. There's right. this other way to have this euphoric, you know, Matrix Zion experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's just shortcut it there. 
Yeah, I think that's like it's. I think I like you know my brain went to I was like yeah that kind of makes sense when it's like the the AI stuff. It's like I I want to make a movie from my computer. I don't want to like go through all the steps and the madness of it. Like, isn't there a way I can build a program? To write? Supposedly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could I could write a novel. It'll be or I'll shoot a scene in an AI. I'll make it look just like Wes Anderson. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, except there had to have been a Wes Anderson for you to have I, an AI film in the Wes Anderson style, buddy. I think that's the when there was that like month. I know you were texting me a bunch about how much it was annoying the shit out of you. So about like, I, I just don't understand how people don't put that together. Like, you can parody it because he came up with something so unique in him. Like exactly that you can identify that. Yeah. yeah like I, I'm always happy, and it happens very rarely. Where every now and then I'll like lends up something like and like the dpu i've worked with or something like oh that's a real that's a real justin frame um and i was like oh yeah i, I guess i do have a style right like it's that's yeah, that feels good yeah that does feel good it's not as good as wes anderson but like yeah like it's so funny like the the way the internet is just like who they pick as the villain of art like they, mm-hmm. there's also like this thing where they're like no he sucks and i'm like what what I'm not wow. even the biggest Wes Anderson defender. I'm just like I, I haven't seen the new movie yet, and I'm just yeah, like, but yeah, like, yeah. it's like, yeah, what are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's jealousy, resentment. It's easy for I do that sometimes. It's easy oh yeah, get stuck into that. I do that whenever there's like a young filmmaker like, who's like got a hit, and like I'm like, yeah. like I gotta look up rich kid. Ah, yeah, that's sure. That's like mm-hmm. I gotta. I know. I know. Um, but no, I'm really happy you came back. I want like one of the main reasons is like again, like when we did our first episode, you were really living the ethos of this show, which you were making a decision between art and money, and you chose art. How do you feel six months later? Uh, I, I feel fantastic, and I've never felt better. And uh, I'm not just saying that. <laughs> no, I like it's it's yeah. like that's what it, it really it, clicked. At. Yeah, like it's it's, it's so great. Good I mean, it's just you know one of those like all the cliches are true. I want to be like, Hey, I know myself better. And all of these bullshit societal programming has like undone a little bit. My values are clearer. And it's like, of course that stuff's going to happen. That's what they always tell you is going to happen. You know, when you make these decisions. So um, yeah, it's been good. I don't have all the logistical questions answered yet on how to keep this sustainable, but uh, you know, so far I'm, I'm not stressing about it. And, uh, really, yeah, really enjoying life. Well, it felt like you also had to like deprogram, right? Like it seemed like you oh, like, yeah. had, like, how do you like, what, like, what was that like? Or like, what did you feel that it was like blocking you? It's you crazy. Like- I mean, it really, it felt like uh, going, I, I've never been to rehab or any kind of, you know, yeah. major cold turkey type thing, but it, from the movies, at least it felt like that where uh, it just is like, almost an exorcism, like something has to leave your body and it does it in the most kind of like violent, gross way possible. Um, Mm. And, you know, little habits, like anytime I go out to lunch with a friend, I still am panicked and checking my email, worried that I'm needed back at work. And I'm like, that's not, (laughs) it's not even a real situation, but it's so ingrained in, in me. Um, And and even when, you know, we were talking about the efficiency for tech earlier, editing the short, Um, transitioning from a, oh, this is the outcome I want out of the film and let me find the most direct path there. I like thought I had it four days ago and then I allowed myself to not think that way and I worked on it for four more days and it got a million times better and it was a completely different process, much more of a, you know, the kind of organic frou-frou artistic process that is easy to... um, discount because it's hard to measure right, you, you want to you want to like i need to get to the end so i can mm-hmm. start the. no i i i i see a lot of myself and like like i know i'm always bagging on tech but like there is this like art at least i think you and me both have this where it's like okay i'm done i'm gonna take this year i'm gonna do three shorts i'm gonna this quarter i'm gonna yes, do this exactly, and exactly. And like, yeah. i still i do that every start every year or like at the middle of the year i'm like okay this is what i'm gonna try to accomplish and this is the plan yeah, it's like, yeah. and you're always too ambitious because you're also yeah, hard when has it. it ever worked out when has it ever helped to do that stuff? <laughs> yeah but i keep i don't over and over and over in at college i didn't have any money so i was trying to graduate i did graduate a yeah. semester early once a week I would sit down and my notebook map out exactly what class and what and how I would manage what it's, crazy. I should have just chilled and waited the four years. Who cares about the three months? It, but I do think there's a, like, to, 
to the tech people, I do think there's there's an artistic impulse in that, right? Like it's oh, a, yeah. it's like it's like it's like you're seeing your world and you want to or like art uh, like I, like this is pretty high minded, but like it is you're just seeing something and you need to communicate it back how you're interpreting it, right? Mm-hmm. And so like mm-hmm. it's why people love year planners and day planners and I do you use like a like a I've gone sideways from where I thought we we're gonna but like do you ever use like a to-do list or like what like what's your organizing for the week even when you're not like just now that you don't have a job you have to report to every day yeah I mean I have a calendar obviously for appointments sure um and then I uh I have basically a long document which is sort of a to do to-do list but I have in reading especially through Silicon Valley we were constantly reading um, you know, life hack, self-optimization right. books all the time. When mm-hmm. you go into the bathroom at Google in front of the urinal, they had what was called learning on the loo, which were inserts about ways to make your email response faster, or, you know, meetings more efficient, all that stuff. So while you were peeing, you were improving yourself. Um, and so, but, but a lot of those things are really useful. As sure. long as you don't overload, which is often right. what I did. Because yeah. then you get constantly anxious, like, oh, my God, the, the, there's so many things I need to improve. But if you pick and choose, I've picked and chosen a lot of um, chosen a lot of specific strategies. So it's not just a standard, you know, to do list. There's kind of thought behind it, but it's just a document. Yeah, I do. I, for years, I like Asana, Todoist, whatever the new one was. And then I eventually landed. I was like, I just keep a, a, one, a weekly agenda Word doc open yeah, and I just like update it. And then like the yeah, appointments yeah. go on the bottom. And then, like, I use the schedule calendar, but, like, I didn't really check it. Like, it's in the note, like, that note. And it's, like, is this, for my brain, absolutely the way to do it. And, yeah, like, for sure. yeah. and again, it's, like, I, I part of me feels for, like, the Silicon Valley person who, like, wants to be an artist. And, like, similar, we've both been kind of stuck in that. But they're just, like, solutions are always so insane where it's, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make it the most efficient way possible. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you, so, you've been taking your time. So, you made a film. So this was, um, I, you know, was hypothesizing or that, hey, given improvements in technology, we can start shooting stuff for even less that looks mm. really, really good. We've been saying that since 8mm, 16mm VHS. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so with the phone, uh, but I think the biggest thing for me, location is so important in a film because it helps with production value. And yeah. I just love telling a story that way that shooting on a phone just allows you to sneak into so many places because everyone thinks you're just making a dumb TikTok or whatever and they yeah. roll their eyes and move on. Um, and so I bought some lenses for my phone and took it out on our vacation and shot some stuff and uh, turned out cohesive enough to put together a little bit of a short. So that's what I've been doing. I, I have to say I've been very, there's like I've just been very jealous of your creative journey since you've left this job. Like, like it's not just that you're, letting things happen how you want it like because i remember you came out and we were like i was giving all kinds of bad advice like you should make a short now by june you should do this and like filling it up and you already have the impulse to do that i was not helping anyway but like instead no, no. You've, like you've reconnected to that indie spirit do you feel it do you like you do you, like it's almost like you've rediscovered a way to make movies yeah and you did help man look for, mm-hmm. not only that the are the encouraging me to watch you know 200 movies this mm-hmm. year uh was actually a big part of that journey because I had disconnected from it. I didn't have time. I was only watching stuff to escape or relax, which I know is fine, but yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then, and then I had to, I think, exorcise a lot of demons as well while I was shooting. I remember the first day, I mean, I was having panic attacks and throwing tantrums because it was like, everything was all the gear wasn't working and things weren't falling apart. You know, things were falling apart and I was like running out of time. And I was like, why is this happening again? This was everything I was supposed to fix. Why am I fighting time again? <laughs> and, uh, and slowly, like I calmed down and over the, the period of the vacation, I think by the end of it, it was like enjoyable and, and doing it fairly easily. So I learned so much just in those couple of weeks. Um, yeah. We also learned that our significant others don't like to work with us. Is something we yeah. both learned. <laughs> we both well, learned this year. Wants to make a movie, man. That's the worst thing. <laughs> I yeah. I don't think uh, Thea has recovered from me. I I shot the simplest of scenes. Everybody, and you can go on my TikTok or ask me for it. I'll like happily share. It was four by real. Ani did sound on it. It was two people talking in a, my own living room. But I was like, well, it should look like someone just moved in. So now we have to wipe our whole apartment clean. It's just like, there still need 12 people to make anything look good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or at least for the of the stuff I'm trying to make. But like mm-hmm. then I watch Audi go and just be like, nah, I'm just taking my phone. I'm just gonna go to every pretty place in the world. Well, I mean, we'll see. I'll show you what turned out. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, but like even the like I think another cool thing you do is you launch what we we I mean the American oh, yeah. New Wave. Yeah, like could you tell people like what the goal or the thought process behind that was? Um, well, I think it's, uh, I think everybody wants to do this. It, you look around and you see other artists you care about and you want to just create some kind of, I think a salon is, is the word that we yeah. thought about. Of like, you want to get together, you want to exchange ideas, you want to exchange resources, you help each other out and how do you yeah. do it? And, you know, I tried that early on. Every time someone moves to LA, they start it up. I've seen it happen over and over again. Like, oh, I'm going to create the community. Um, <laughs> and so, but I got to a point where it's like, oh, I want a community and I have a few very specific people that can be the spine and we can go from there. Um, right. And I think my tastes are shifting. And I think you've been, a, you and the other guys in the group have been very influential on my, on my taste. Mm-hmm. So I think we choose uh, movies to show each other every couple yeah. of weeks and that it's always eye-opening and always interesting and um where I, I hope we get a chance to actually talk about work or help each other with you know projects yeah more, but uh, um I'm sure even even just but i know it's like but like just knowing there's something like an ani's a really incredible host and like goes out of his way to make sure everyone feels comfortable and there's snacks and food and like it's taken for granted that that like i think like there's always beers like as someone who hosts a decent amount of stuff, like there's a lot of work that goes into that, but it's like I think really reassuring that everyone kind of can go there and like. The thing I think people don't say that I really like this would come out of this, is that we're stating our goals of what we really want in a way that in LA you're sort of just like kind of you pull that back and you're just like kind of just like well I don't know, I'm gonna direct commercial you know like there's this tendency to just shift to what you can do versus like what you want. And I think that's been really cool to kind of, as you're on this like creative journey, that you're like able to tap into that. Um, the other thing you should, everyone should know about Ani is that he consistently is going to one of our state parks. How how many have you hit this year? Do you have a, well, do you na- a list? National parks. National parks. Trying to, uh, yeah. but California state parks honestly are just amazing. Mm. Um, uh, this year, I think I've been to six so far this year, just because we've done, you know, multiple ones on single road trips, which I think is probably the way to do it. Um, but yeah, I love uh, camping. It's a good way to organize uh, outings. I'm, I'm part of maybe overcrowd. I'm part of the overcrowding problem at these parks, possibly, but we always I, use ourselves. I was going to say like, but like when you go, cause like, I both want to go do these things. And then once you told me the process of just getting in the tickets to go to a national park, I lost interest of just like the amount of effort you have to put in and two, but like, do you feel creatively fulfilled? Do you come away like feeling you have ideas or do you feel the, like just. It, 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 is, it is like a very almost intensely spiritual experience for me. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I come out um, with like, Oh, I have these creative ideas or whatever, but it, it feels like I have been through something or, through a, a world or a wormhole or something, yeah. and I am different on the other end of it in ways that are not easily yeah, identifiable, I think. Uh, do you feel that after you leave or as you're entering? I've always wanted to ask you that. Both, I think, you know, as you're entering, you're taken uh, with the beauty, but then when you're kind of in it for a while and really absorbed in it, it's its, its own experience. And then when you finally leave, you realize, oh, you've gotten used to it for a little bit, and now you're back in, you know, at the gas station filling up gas at this random small town, and you're like, yeah. wow, I was just in, in literally in paradise uh, for three days. Um, and and they all the, these places have been chosen. You know, it's not easy to convince Congress to say, hey, set aside money for a park where you can't do anything with it, you can't drill or, you know, yeah. log or whatever. Go so they, they're they have to meet a very high bar. <laughs> So, yeah, like I was going to say, there is something, the national parks in their own way are like the conversation we're always having, the art and money, like they're, they yes, are the art, yes. right? Like it's it's like it's like going to a museum where like sometimes I, when I see really great art, and this doesn't necessarily apply to my experience going to camp, but like I almost feel someday I'm just like drained. Like uh, a year or two ago, my wife 
Thea's, um, like, I just went to too many places and felt drained. I was going to say, what were we going to say? Sorry, Ronnie. No, no, no. I, I, I was just talking to Catherine about something. I was like, is there such a thing as beauty fatigue? Because I feel the same way at the end of hiking or driving through this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I went to, like, five museums here in L.A. in, like, four days. And I was like, I can't look at anything. Yeah. anymore like i can't i can't i can't meet it and i can't engage with it and so like like that is where i totally understand why people just like watch the office over and over or whatever your comfort is or i watch right, action right, movies right, where you're like right, you right. just i need this i've used my cpu is at max and i need to like refresh um would you i mean like I just feel like it's interesting. Like your all your work has this like spirituality with nature, so it does. It makes complete sense. This like your journey into all these places. Like mm -hmm. I'm, that's why I'm very curious to see the short because I'm like, is it a horror movie about nature? There's no way Ani paints nature in a negative light. I can't. Um, is now you that you're, come, man, I'll uh, you know, anytime I have reservations, there's always room for multiple tents. So yeah, you don't have to worry about planning six months ahead. I got it. I definitely, this definitely keep me up on Like, I want to get to Big Sur and the, I want to go to the, I mean, I know it's hard to get that one you were describing, like the road to heaven or what like, was that? Like, going to the Sun Road, yeah, Glacier, yeah, yeah. And so, so what's that? What it feels like is going to heaven for sure. Is it really? It's that, yeah, it's as beautiful as they you're say. Like, yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm Trans, I'm like, yeah, lift my my soul's fucking lifting up to <laughs> heaven right now. It's insane. Yeah, it's so weird. I find like, I know this is what I find such beauty in mundane things that it's like the nature's like almost overwhelming. Like too much. That makes sense. It's yeah. Too much. Like every now and then, the, a place I always think about, like, like what I love about LA is like I was in. We were in the. I was in the IKEA in Burbank, and like eating the Swedish meatballs you have to get when you go, and like you're staring out at this like gorgeous mountain. It's mm. green, and you're like, every other state in California or in, in the United States would build something around this. And Cal like here, we're just like, eh, it's just this tossed off, beautiful view. And mm. like, I just I find that Lee like endlessly fascinating about this place. Like, it's, yeah, like, it's yeah, what I find yeah, inspiring. It's, it's like, much. yeah, it's like right there. And then like going to it, I'm like, oh, this is too. It's like the museum fatigue. It's like, oh, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, I can't look at that much. Yeah. Warhol or whatever it is. Um, well, Warhol, yeah. Warhol. Yeah. It's not a problem. <laughs> You're anti-Warhol? Is this a... Like, it's... No, no. I just... I, I remember going to uh, the SF MoMA did this like massive, massive, massive Warhol. Yeah. And, like I know this is his shtick, but going through the timeline of his life, once he hit like what was good for him, yeah, for like 40 years, he did the same exact thing, which is a yeah. great as a businessman. I just feel like as an artist, wouldn't you get bored a little bit? Yeah, but you know, I, I guess I it's think... like bands that don't come out with new music or whatever. I don't know. It just felt like 40 years of it. No, it's 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 like I, I had similar like my mom was obsessed with Warhol and then they did, I think, probably the same exhibit in Chicago. But like at Chicago, you have to go through like the history of like art, like at the Art Institute. Mm -hmm. And so it was really fascinating to like go, 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 go around, go around. Mm -hmm. And then you get to Warhol and you're like, oh shit, I get why people freaked out because like you, mm -hmm. it feels electric, oh, right? Like, yeah, 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 but yeah. then I remember looking, like going through it, I'm with you. It's like it's the same stuff. And then he hits that period at the 80s and uh, um, you can just tell he's lost. Like it's just an artist like trying everything. And that's mm -hmm. I, that to me is the thing I'm most terrified of. There's this mm -hmm. like, did you ever see the movie on um, Basquiat with like where Bowie plays mm -hmm. Warhol? And there's this part where like Warhol's staring at a painting he did and Basquiat gets over and he just like puts a swipe of paint on. He's like, is that better? Is that, did mm -hmm. I, is it better that way? It's like, when you lose that compass, you're mm. fucked. And like that, like yeah, when yeah, you can't yeah. see what you're doing. And that's like if once someone was good and then you see that, it's so clear to see when they've lost, they're like, oh mm. no, they've lost their compass. And so, like, again, the, not to keep praising, but like I think you really took a year to be like, I gotta get my internal compass correct. Yeah, and oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and as I've said to you before, I really hope I never get successful because I don't <laughs> ever wanna I don't ever wanna get to that point. That that is where me and Adi differ. <laughs> uh, what would you consider a successful career? Oh, I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, ge yeah. Genuine success for me, I think. I mean, no, it sounds cheesy, but the ability to just keep working at my pace on my projects—that's it—and live in comfort, which I've mostly achieved. I don't need a huge mansion or anything like that. Just yeah, 
say this and and yeah you know i don't need to make anything too huge but to be able to pay people a really healthy amount that are working and contributing to the films not yeah. ask for favors and you know um and and i think make things that i truly love i think that's probably would be successful if i made something that i'm like man i want to i want to wake up and watch that um that's i guess something truly that like so uh ani's been editing he edited his own short um i could never do i i, I would not be excited to like look at my own work i think that would be such a fucking bummer. So how did do you find that? I don't understand how directors don't edit their own stuff. It's such a it, it changes. I mean, it makes the whole movie. Oh, well, like there's directors that don't write their own stuff either. Like it's this, yeah, I think I it's all like yeah. I don't get that either. Yeah. Uh, I think I think a, we can debate this, but I think if you have a true point of view, it comes through on all three ends. So like you can right. hand me a yeah. script, and I will probably rewrite it or make it into the thing I want to make, and like yeah, yeah. But I do think the thing that, like, you know, to go back to, like, watching, like, getting everyone on into your wavelength is so important. And so, like, the editing process, if you can just cut out someone that you got to get on your wavelength and just do the movie how you right, want to right, do right. it. Yeah, no, no. And I mean, like, look, everybody does. I'm not saying other people yeah. shouldn't. I'm just, for me, I'm like, what, you know, because yeah. I'm not that, I think I'm a better editor than I'm a director currently. And so I think I'm usually ending with a lot of stuff that I need to save rather than just really good footage that I can, I don't know, craft and explore. It's like, oh, crap, how do I make something out of this? And so I often can't imagine handing that to someone else and being like, oh, like, I mean, do all the tricks and make this good. <laughs> make it better. Yeah, I I have found my the greatest thing I've really enjoyed is working with editors who are directors and like mm -hmm. not just like directed one thing like that i would mm -hmm. classify as directors because they pick one they kind of will already know what you're going for and mm -hmm. two like want the they still have the the instinct like this seems to be great i know like like i know like again me and i like something we need to do this year and we should just make them cell phone movies we need to write a script for each other to direct it's something like you know how oh, like i love that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like how i Bands used to like do like B sides where they would play the other band they toured with song. I've always wanted to do some version of that, and it's, for filmmaking, it's damn near impossible because why would you waste yeah, thousands yeah. of dollars on a lark? But like you're like unlocking. I'm, I've been telling Ani, I'm very jealous of this. Like right now, I'm trying to do this feature, and it's like everything, and it can be this scale or this, and there's more hands, and trying to get it all, and you're just like, oh yeah, I just made a movie. I'm just like you're just like out here getting to do it. I'm just like so fucking jealous. <laughs> um. But you're enjoying be like the like. Do you think you would enjoy editing other people's work? Like, I, I mean, think so. Yeah, I would love yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, you hear I that, really directors? I love the rhythm of your work day when you're editing. I love, you know, looking at images all day. It's great. You did make it sound. Last time I was at audience, he was describing like the perfect day, and I was like, God, maybe editors do have it figured out. Like, <laughs> you're like, you get, you wake up when you want. You do, you like can be stoned, you can take lunch whenever you want, you can yeah. let me come over and crash your day for two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're never staring at a blank white page. No, that's, that's, that never, that's never been a problem. I can feel that's... Yeah, I know, I know. Some of us, for some of us, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it is the, it's like, I can just consistently give you C-plus work, man. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's the trick. And then let an editor get it up to a B-minus. That's, that's how I approach school. That's how I approach art. It's, <laughs> um, so what is next for you? Like, what, like, I know you got the short, like, these are, I know you're just kind of taking it slow. Uh, I mean, I'm ready to kick things up a little bit. I had an amazing uh, summer of travel and uh, I yeah working on the short I'm, over the next few weeks will be random post stuff and then I'm, I want to jump right onto another I have the micro budget exec uh, yeah, I was gonna say tell, tell people about that this is the other great thing Adi's been doing in his off time yeah it's uh it's to help you know people who want to create a micro budget feature or a low budget feature um and really not just do a smaller version of a big studio film, but approach production differently. Yeah. Um, I come in and help with all of the business side of things. 
simple things like incorporation, how do we incorporate, whether we should incorporate to yeah. how do we talk to financiers, how do we structure the investment, how do yeah. we structure the production for it to work within the budget, that kind of stuff. So uh, the idea is you can just stay focused on the creative, which is what I always wish that people, you know, had done yeah. with my past films and uh, I can take over the business side. Well, it's it's incredibly helpful as someone who's used used it a bunch already. And two, it's just like, it does make you feel, there's like a vast network of people who want to help, right? And like, I think you're slowly plugging together people that can like do it too. So it's like, I don't know. There's there's a little like it's it's you helping people, but it's like getting to join your fight club. You're like, oh, actually, I know a guy who does exactly. this. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's, it's your intro. But so is there? There's a website for it. Uh, Microbudgetexec.com. Look at that. I had to make sure to get a plug in there. Um, <laughs> so now we've talked a bit. So one thing since this is the tenth episode, I've wanted to try something new. Uh, I was encouraged by producer Scott that we should do this. Um, we're going to screen a short film that I actually saw at the Horror Hound Festival that was like very, honestly, life-changing at this point for me in that like it got me to make a feature. And this was honestly, I think, one of my favorite shorts I saw there. It's a really great young director. And so we're going to watch it, and then we're going to talk about it for a little bit after. Are you down? I'm down. All right. Scott, I think you need to take over or whatever the next step is. Take your shoes off when you get inside. And don't forget to call me before you go to bed. Okay? Yes, Mom. so well you're just perfect <laughs> did you put in the drink something beautiful i know it's scary but it'll all make sense soon we promise trust us we're your friends 
mother, we bring you the gift of the pure. You've seen her innocence. Yes, mother. We prepared her for you just how you like. We have her fruit, mother. Please, see for yourself. Let them be your wings. Do you wish to fly? I do. I do. My daughter. Rejoice for your sister. I do. She has chosen to see the light. Oh, I do. She baptizes in the blood of our sacred sisters. Oh, I do. Do you absorb their wisdom? I do. Do you bask in their power? Ancestors of old, awake, fossilized remains. Grant your flightless descendants the ferocity which you once ruled the earth. Give us your ancient power. Give us your life. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone wants to see it, if they can't watch it on the show, it's on Alter, which is a YouTube channel that shows horror shorts and like gives them a really nice placement. And uh, you can't go wrong with chicks uh, that we just watched. Um, I can go on about it. Uh, so you, so you, it, it, did it connect for you? Did it click? Did it work? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I'll go on why I thought like so like over this last year I've probably because of festival seen like three hundred shorts and I can remember like seven of them and that's mm -hmm. not a criticism but it's just sort of what happens mm -hmm. and like one of the things I really like about this movie is like 
it's it's actually pretty simple. Like it goes re- gets really weird, but like it's a very simple story. It's a girl's yeah, sleepover, yeah. right? And then it gets weird. Yeah. I, the other thing, like the, like for people who want to make shorts, like it checks a lot of boxes, including like the stuff I aim for. And I know it's like I know who this director is. I understand her aesthetic. I like you can get a sense of what she's trying to do with her vision. Like right away, like it's very uniquely hers. Like I can, I, like I because I've watched way too many fucking movies, know who she's referencing. But like, and like, and at the same time, it didn't like over push its budget too. Is the other thing I feel like, especially like in the horror sci-fi, they like try to do too much story. Like they, the bad version of this tries to connect the whole last act of that, right? Like the mm-hmm. whole like what this is and why they do it, and it's like we don't need that. And so like it's it's really nice to see filmmakers. Yeah, I've met. Gina, who directed it, she's young, man. Like she's like she'll she's she'll upset you and how good she is at what her age is. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, would you you would definitely watch more from her? I would think. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Clearly, a lot of talented people involved. Yeah. Uh, music was great. Direction yeah. was great. Cinematography was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I love you know I'm finally appreciating films or. or I guess filmmaking, but also mm. films in which the plot is we just chilled out on the plot and it doesn't need to be a lot. And then you can bring us into, you know, the joys of sound and image and all of the cool ways we can express the kind of intoxication or whatever, you know, that she's going through. It is I, I do like as so as a vibes only filmmaker myself and like and watching this, it it <laughs> is uh I, I think it's like it's I think it's starting to have a moment because everything else is so marveled and so TV yeah. and like so yeah. plot heavy that we're like, no, nah, let's just hang out in this weird place, you know? And so yeah. like I also think there's something really smart going on there with like sleepovers are connected to this greater sisterhood which of like mm. women that also like I it's an ex- I, I feel like I love films by female directors that really like embrace try to feel like different and like feel like you know like not the like male is or film is a male aesthetic to the like a large part of what we consider this is what a post a movie is supposed to look like right and so i enjoy stuff that's willing to break from that and give it this like i love that there's like kind of a candy coated feel to that whole movie and like it's almost like by making that it's like almost its own like punk rock pushback i'm like you know movies can also you know like the movie that's most reminds me of is the love witch which i don't sure if you've seen but like no, i've seen the poster um i, I know yeah, of it yeah and it's got like a very unique aesthetic and look and vibe and like it's very it it has no time there's something like this you have to have confidence to make i think and that's mm-hmm. like, like is what's really impressive about it and like i also think that all the performances are gauged correctly like i think the lead is giving a little bit extra internal but like in general mm-hmm. no one's like it all fits like I think that's another thing when you do a vibes only movie, you everyone has to be on that vibe. Like you can't have someone in there giving like a realistic performance. Right, 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 right. Or it right. ruins it. And so yeah, yeah like that's yeah. yeah, no, it's just enough of a differentiation yeah. without it being a different tone for sure. And guys, it's short. Like that's <laughs> I feel like as someone with a long short, I really I mean this one's probably even too long at twelve, but like I think it's I know point that I overstay and that it just kept changing enough every three minutes. And so like, so yeah, I think everyone should check it out. I think it's a really good show. I, I kind of want to do this more just cause like, I think a lot of filmmakers are trying to make shorts. I think there's a lot of people who do. And it's like, it'd be fun to just take a look at stuff and like kind of pull at it. And like, I don't know. It's, there's a lot to chew on with that one. And just like, I would love to know her approach. Like, did she have the, like, like the like all the like the like do you have the end or do you have the beginning and like where do you start writing like I don't have you ever I want to know what I don't know if you know the meaning of the chickens but I want to know why a chicken and not something else yeah I mean I I always feel like they wanted a dinosaur at some point based on the early I thought of you right right uh no I mean motherhood eggs like it ends like it all feels like it it, I, I I could be misreading it but like I I think like to me, uh, when I'm working, I'm often like, I'll make choices that's like, make sense. I'm like, yeah, this, like, it, I can't quite tell you what I'm even thinking, but I'm like, it feels connected the right yeah, way. Yeah. And so, like, maybe it's just the chicks' wordplay is enough. Yeah, yeah. You there and- yeah. And like, they're women, they're eggs. The, I, mm-hmm. the only thing I was curious is like, having the, the, the big bird <laughs> is a male, right? Like, I like, so I thought that was. Oh, I thought it was a female. It was a female. Okay. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm wrong. Who knows? 
But I want to do, I, I like, Scott, I like doing that show in a short film. Um, so before you go, Ani, I want to talk about my subgenre of the week. Now I'm just combining my two favorite parts, the guest and the, and, and the subgenre. So this week for subgenre, I am, we're doing twin films. Um, and what the hell is a twin film? It's not a movie about twins. Twin films are like when studios uh, kind of have a group think moment. And their and their typical flair for unoriginality, you happen to get two identical movies coming out in the same year, um, and this happens all the time. <laughs> like it was, I was shocked, but I like I certainly have noticed this through the years. But there's happens to be a bunch this year, but like I one is usually lower budget than the other, like or has like a bigger star, and one has a lower star. But every now and then, like I'm just sort of shocked that this happens. So like. Let me give an example, and then we'll pull into why it happens. I think a little more. So this first up is um, this year's Pinball, um, which is actually the fun low budget version, which is about kind of the history of the pinball machine and its importance to LA culture. And uh, this is actually a really like uh, I know the production company that did this, uh, MPI, and uh, it's a you know they got Mike Waste who's like blowing up. He was in Spielberg's West Side Story. Um, but he like this movie was like the low budget indie version. Two, Scott, I'll give you a second to cue it up. Um, Tetris movie, which was produced by Apple, <laughs> uh, which is again a movie about a game just like pinball. Um, I don't know if you've seen this one, it stars Terry Egerton. It's actually kind of good, like it's it's a little more about the behind the scenes, but I am just like consistently going, do we have to? make movies about the making of a thing like um so you have pinball which is i will say pinball doesn't quite match a twin film but when you realize how many more there are this year so like here's tetris ani's never gonna watch it i can see by his face um well, it's not about making things it's about selling things that's what these movies are about. yeah no that's Just true like and jordan air jordan stuff yeah no so, so so this year this is not even the one we're gonna bring up so like air comes out which is about the jordan shoe which we both found kind of repulsive while a well-made movie. Yeah, well, fine. Feedback proof, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it, it's, like, it's not even <laughs> about the guy no, who designed the Zoom. launch, man. Why are we selling? Why, yeah, why are we mythologizing marketing yeah. launches? And then, so, the, so, the, okay, so you have Pinball, you have Tetris, you have Air. There's also a Hot Cheetos movie about the guy who invented Hot Cheetos, which is a fake story someone made up. It didn't actually happen like that. So, like, there's a whole other side to that, which the movie Black doesn't so the third one is Blackberry. Um, and Blackberry is at least interesting in that it at least portrays the creator of the guy, like our lead, Glenn Howerton, as a monster. Like, it, like it's like, it's it's one of those, like, the tech people are monsters. Um, but I just can't believe in this, like, it says something so fundamentally dead about the movie business that, like, five movies came out about making a product and, like, I, I've joked for a long time with people like if you wanted to pitch Raiders of the Lost Ark right now, you'd have to like tie it to like it's actually about Jack Daniels. It's the story, it's a interactive brand development of Jack Daniels done in the style of Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Joe. Like it's just I can't believe there's this many in one year twin movies. Like it's just and some of them again, they're good. Like air I would skip. I would I would uh, I think pinball is worth watching just because like it actually really does a lot with its budget. And this is like a great lead performance, but again, it's about a fucking Blackberry. Like, I, I'm with you. I have a hard time caring about a product. Like, it's bad enough, you know? Um, okay, so we're going to go to the, the, I think the most famous twin movies of all time are Armageddon and Deep Impact. So Armageddon uh, actually came out second. I think it's the more memorable movie for like a bunch of reasons. It had the bigger star. It had Bruce Willis. It had Ben Affleck right off of Goodwill Hunting. It's got, Michael Bay destroying the universe, which uh, showing this clip on 9-11 feels a little wrong. Um, but but uh, did you see Armageddon in the theater? Was it like, were you? Oh, like, yeah, it was a big Armageddon. I, I wrote a review of Armageddon for my uh, school newspaper. Did, did you pan it or did you love no, it? No, no. I thought it was, I, I praised its use of indie character actors for the supporting roles. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I, I was actually pro Armageddon. Yeah, but it's I think Armageddon's a great movie, and like it's just stacked like Billy Bob Thornton, 
Steve yeah, Buscemi. So, I would the fact that they have Owen Wilson in that movie always it's like wow, they really were tied into the indie yeah. matrix at the time. Um yeah, I think it's a like and of course, you know, everyone cries by the end, but Deep Impact is just like when you compare it, it's just like so the softer movie. Like it's Morgan Freeman and Tia Leone. It's a little more like how do we keep peace? It's not about the destruction. But I'm just like Steve, I just sort of shocked. Like it's just like how do these both come out at the same time? Like, I'm like, what do you so think? What do, you, do you think? Do you know the backstory of that, Justin? No, not quite. I, I do you? think I, I was very young, but I was yeah. into this stuff when it mm-hmm. came out. So for some reason, I heard that it was uh, Katzenberg was at Disney and there was a rift. And so he uh-huh. went over to join uh, Spielberg and stuff and start DreamWorks and said, essentially, hey, we're going to make the same movies that we were developing over there, but release them early. Oh. And so Ants and, and Deep Impact and possibly one other were intentionally like Armageddon was five years. Bugs Life was five years. Yeah. Ants and Deep Impact, they turned around in like a year and got it out there intentionally before. Wow. That. So like it. <laughs> There's perfect art and money fighting it out. I know. Like, it's, it could have been. And I might be wrong. This is stuff I heard. That sounds about. right. It's I I had I had ants and Bugs Life on the honorable mentions list here, uh, because we were yeah, running short of it. That was part of the same retribution. Uh, yeah. Retribution. God, what a piece of shit that guy probably is. Um, my other favorite one. This is the one where the low budget one won is uh, Olympus Has Fallen, which is versus White House Down, and uh, Olympus Has Fallen at the time was viewed as the lesser movie it's you know it's gerard butler so it's real meat and potatoes antoine fuqua who had kind of like fallen off as a director it's like almost feels like it should be direct video it has morgan freeman um it's honestly a really good movie it's, it's so good they've made three of them like it's like it's launched its own franchise and i remember seeing this uh in the theaters and going this was kind of good. Like it had, like it was no, it was not obviously aiming for high art, but it, like it delivered exactly what you wanted with the right amount of character actors. And then you go to White House Down, and that movie was like double the budget. It has Jamie Fox and Channing Tatum at the height of Channing Tatum's. Like I'm going to be the biggest movie star on the planet, and I forget who plays the little girl in it. It's just like you know, it's Die Hard in the White House, basically, <laughs> and. So again, two companies probably one read the other script, like you're saying, developed it, was like, we'll rush out, Olympus has fallen, we'll get the Gerard Butler has a flexible schedule, we'll get it made. Right. And <laughs> White House Down just is sort of like, for lack of a better word, inert. Like it's fine. Like Jamie Jamie Foxx is like a, trying to do like a Barack Obama president, and Shane Tatum's trying to do <laughs> John McClane from Die Hard. It was the movie that made me realize how good Bruce Willis is as an actor, at least at talking to himself. I think it's like a harder thing to do on screen because Channing Tatum's very bad at it in this movie. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's like a whole part of Die Hard. It's that he's basically monologuing to the audience without it seeming like he's talking to us like a Ryan Reynolds character. That's a really good point, yeah. Um, and then let me do – I'll do one last quick one and then do the honorable mentions because I know we're getting a little tight on time here, according to producer Scott. So speaking of the news – so. Th- I remember this one in particular was there's friends with benefits um starring Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake um came out and uh that was it Emma Stone? No, it's Mila Kunis. Yeah. Um I don't know what's going on in this trailer, but and at the same time the better script was uh No Strings Attached, which was originally called um Chicks with Dicks or like Fuck Buddies. It was called Fuck Buddies, which is definitely a better title. Um, and again, it literally stars people who would get married to the opposite movie. Like you got, you got Ashton Kutcher as the lead in, and those strings attached just as like much more the indie movie. Like it has all these like really gay, you know, Greta Gerwig's in this movie, Mindy Kaling, like it has all these like up and comer comedy people, Jake Johnson's crushing it like before New Girl and identical fucking premises. And yet... Well, studios are just like, well, no one will know the difference. I just like it, it blows my mind that this like constantly happens. Like, have you seen either one of these movies, Ani? I have not. I have not. I don't. You don't have to. I, no strings <laughs> attached. Again, is Liz Merriweather, who I think is a really good writer. She uh, created New Girl, mm-hmm. um, which is I, at points of great show. It like gets chopped up sometimes, but 
I just can't like again. I think it's like what production companies are developing this, and they all have different studio relationships, and like well, someone must read the other script, or is it like sometimes it might be group think, but I, I don't yeah. even like because I certainly feel like I'll have an idea, and then I'll see a movie come out six months later, and I'm like, oh yeah, we were both like connecting you, to this. Yeah, you also can't undervalue the influence that actual culture has on this. Like these guys are constantly paying people to go out there and come back and say, what are the young people talking about? And hookup <laughs> culture was a big, right. uh, there were New York Times articles about all yeah. this kind of stuff. So it's always like, you know, it's just people being like, oh, let me let me go measure the temperature and try and build something. Directly. Yeah. The one that I always think is uh, the funniest one was that Seven Years in Tibet with Brad Pitt and Kundun by Scorsese uh, came out the same year. And I was like, what are the fucking odds? Like, yeah. those aren't exactly like high grossing cuts, but they probably read the same New Yorker article and were right, like, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and the other ones that I thought were funny, there's uh, the year the Jobs with Michael Fassbender came out. Ashton Kutcher again starred in Steve Jobs, the movie. And like, they often like, because there's a history of this in film with like, low budget knockoffs like roger corman would like see the big hit and then be like yeah you like planet a's so we got planet of the ants or like they would just like like try to you know, like figure out something that's already happened but this stuff is more like they're both all having the same idea and then they're like oh shit they're coming out two months from each other well that was mm -hmm. that doesn't look great uh there was a churchill there's two churchill movies the year gary oldman won the oscar yeah. i can't even remember which one was he in churchill or darkest hour i honestly don't remember which one is <laughs> you're right i don't <laughs> uh, but it's just like it's just so it to me is like a true if they just learned to trust their audiences and like try to develop original i think you're onto something where like they're paying people to grab what's in the culture right and i mm -hmm. think I often, when I read a really interesting article, I'm like, oh, this would be a good movie. I just know, don't bother, because everyone yeah, else someone's already, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, you're like, you have to run away from it. And so if I can give one tip to artists, it's like, run yeah. away from the article you found on Twitter. Someone already, yeah, exactly. you're not the only one having this idea. But, exactly. <laughs> well, Ani, thank you so much for being on episode one and episode 10. It's so I'm, fun I'm, being back. I'm definitely bringing you back again. Um, but I really appreciate it. And uh, have fun at the Brinks job tonight. Thank so, you. I'll talk to Save you soon. All right, Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna crush these next two. Uh, so again, thank you guys so much for rocking with us for ten episodes. Um, I want to do a real quick who won art. I had a pretty simple one planned for this, anyways, which is the strike. The strike. Every the fact that they're still fighting with these fucking studio heads. That the studio heads have had to change multiple PR firms. That the actors came in and backed the writers, and now they're the com combination. They're really making real change. They're refusing the like you can you can feel the momentum building. I think it's going to go on for a long time, and I hope the actors don't and writers don't have to cave. And I completely understand the stress they're under. Even as someone who's making a non-union film, I feel actually conflicted about this myself. And like, I want to get paid actors to be in it, and like you know, I'm like it's it's so much better for the business it feels like we were doing this show and talking about this stuff and then to see it actually being played out i can't like say enough that they're not only winning art but they're saving art which i think is even better and the part i can't like the studios just keep showing their ass on every level of this the fact that warner brothers took i think it was like a four 350 million dollar loss last quarter more than the amount it would take to just meet the writers agreements per year Split among all the studios so it's just it's sort of insane how much they just don't want to pay the artists they know their business is fucked they don't want to release the numbers and they know everything would have to change and as long as they stay strong i think i couldn't feel more better about everything splintering the studios are going to splinter streaming is going to change it's all going to change it's all better and all better for the artists hopefully so that's what i want to say who won art the strike continues let's keep it continuing and so, and in the honor of fight, fighting and striking, let me go to uh, my recommendation to end this night's episode. Um, I want to praise the movie How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which is currently streaming on Hulu, which just raised its prices so um, Disney can make up some of its loss. How to Blow Up a Pipeline is one of the better movies I've seen this year. Um, for starters, it follows my rule, which is it tells you what the plot is about in the title and actually goes through with it. Um, it stars mainly unknowns. It is really tense. It's shot on 16 millimeter, incredible score. It's influenced by a lot of movies I love. Um, it's tense. It's almost a horror movie. It feels lived in in a way that very few movies do. And I think it's about something that's really current and like the fight, the want to do better and 
strike. And I, I feel like it gets into a lot of it actually is really respectful to indigenous cultures. Um, yeah, I can't say enough about this movie. It's directed by Daniel Goldbar, who's done his other movie, Cam, was on Netflix, which I also think is excellent. But he's just like this movie really uh, cooks like it just moves really fast. I can't recommend it enough. And so, yeah, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and that sort of brings us to the end of this week's episode. Um, I forgot how I end this, but thank you so much for rocking with me and hanging out for 10 episodes. We're going to be back with more. We'll be back in November. Um, I really appreciate everyone just watching and commenting and please do more. And I can't wait to see you soon. I'll see you later. Huh? Wait, I'll see you later. Bid you farewell and good luck morons. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We'll see you soon. Don't forget to come back soon, okay? So, don't forget to like and subscribe. Okay, I'm done.